One, two, three, clap. That one was worse. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of So Did You Like It, a film podcast to join the thousands of other film podcasts. But in this one, it's just two friends sitting down and asking at the end of a movie. So did you like it? I am joined with Kaz as always. I am Sir Squarin, and this week we're checking out The Lair of the White Worm, a movie from 1988 directed by Ken Russell, screenplay by Ken Russell, starring a young Hugh Grant, a young Peter Cabaldi, and Amanda Donahoe. There is a legend of an ancient evil. Something's been found in Stone Rig Cavern. A legend that no one would ever believe. Legend has it that Stone Rig Cavern was the lair of the Danton Worm. Unless, of course, it came right up and bit him. One, two, three, four! Brief summary is just it's about two men, a pair of sisters, and the weird cultist machinations of a local lady. And I ought to say, I'm really glad to get back to good, respectable films. Aren't you, Kaz? Oh, yeah, dude. Leaps and bounds. Jeez. Uh, yes. Isn't this movie just... This is, this is the trifecta of writer, director, and producer... <laughs> Like, that's what happens when you have full control. This is a passion project. King Arthur, whoosh, that's just some corporate shill of a product. No, it was, it was so good. It, it, leaps and bounds. This is art, everybody. I've told you this, and I'm going to repeat it again. This is my kind of terrible. When I, like, when I watch a movie and I'm like, that was fucking awful. I loved it. You know, this is, this is a good example of it. I know uh, we were watching it as a watch party, as we do all these movies. Uh, the consensus was, that was fucking weird. What did I watch? And I got to say, as a person who's watched fucking weird trash movies like this, I've seen worse. Like, if you think this is bad, don't bother with Toxic Avenger or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, I feel like this was the good opening bad film for the potential bad films we'd be doing in the future. Because this is just like, the type of bad film that makes you realize that this is the reason made-for-TV movies exist. Because if... <laughs> was this made-for-TV? It wasn't. There's no way. It wasn't. So okay. they were thinking to themselves, like, wow, if they'll watch this in theaters, what the hell can we get away with on TV? I was say, there was, like, wasn't there some actual booba in this one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. then again... Then again, they're a bit more free about Booba over there across the pond. Over here, we'd be like, no, you're, you're ruining the children. And then he just fucking stabs someone 32 times on screen. You're like, there you go. That's what our children can watch. Oh, it got a U.S. release. It 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 didn't make its money back, but it made like $1.1 at the box office. I just meant like as far as it being allowed on TV. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, this could probably go out. No. Oh, you know, they'll probably like censor it. It's that late night television special, Layer of the White Worm, with like sexy music playing on the background. Oh yeah, you just have like that deep like announcer man voice. It's Layer of the White Worm. Sorry, <laughs> Hugh Grant. Kaz, why don't you uh, let me know when did you know this was gonna be a wild ride? What what scene tipped you off first? I was the one that suggested it. I'm trying to think which scene happened. F okay, I know which scene happened first. Okay, so there was a point where I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to like this. And then the scene that followed it was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
What is why? Um, so the scene where it first kind of tips its hand is like you know there's like this mythology in the town about some mag- uh, some big snake and this cultist shit and some deity and there's even a festival where there's a big puppet snake which wild as shit. I'm I'm down for this party, man. I'm not much I'm not one to go to parties, but like I would show up to this one and eat the worms they're serving. Amazing folk rock band. Amazing folk rock band. <laughs> yeah, that guy was giving it his all, man. He was sweating up there, but goddammit, that 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 song really kind of lends some credence to the uh to the mythology. It was Oh, it's so beautiful. But the the scene that really like was like, oh man, I am digging everything that's happening now. It's because they set that up, so you know there's gonna be a snake person. I'm gonna say you don't know who the snake person is, in that the movie doesn't tell you. But the movie is telling you right now because we get our main characters; they're all out. Uh, the uh, 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 Peter Capaldi finds a big old snake skull, and he has it in his his possession. <laughs> and somehow this lady finds out. I mean, not somehow, but this lady finds out. She's going over there while everyone's gone, and she's just rummaging through their house to go find it. And as she's walking, she has this kind of like movement, like this slithery glide to her walk. Uh, she's wear like uh, they do like a close up of her fa- of her face. She's wearing these glasses, <laughs> these shades. <laughs> <laughs> that have like they're like bright green on top and like a yellowish at the bottom. I said, <laughs> and they're like these weird wide set ones that look like kind of like a I don't know the wide set eyes of like a snake or something. And I'm like, huh? It was a it hey it was a diamond scale. Oh okay, <laughs> it's what it was. It was a little diamond scale. <laughs> and and I was like, boy. It seems like the top is like a lizard's scales and the bottom is like its soft yellow underbelly, yeah? That seems a little snake-like. No, no, she's fine. Then it seems fine. snake-like the way she's walking. No, no, no. She was a good person the entire movie. Look, she was... I, I can neither confirm nor deny that this woman was evil. I joked around also saying, like, you take it a little bit further, being like, well, look... Her her jacket, it even looks like segmented, like it's like a line, vertical line. No. <laughs> it's vertical horizontal. What am I thinking? Vertical line, yeah, going across her fucking like you know across you know across you know it, it stripes and then a segment of like red and then another segment of uh, like the brownish color then red and I was like look it's even segmented like snake scales and shit isn't that a little on the nose? Now, you're just grasping at straws <laughs> at that point. You're just grasping. Look what. What what proof do you have she was a snake lady? She goes with the intended purpose of going and grabbing this skull for some reason. She could really care about history, really care about archaeology. And I was like, at this point, I was like, this seems really on the nose. Like, they're either really like trying to like tell you. Or they're just like, yeah, we're setting up the biggest fucking red herring. And as I'm saying, they're setting up the biggest fucking red herring. She in the next scene sees a crucifix, (laughs) gross fangs, has big lizard eyes, and spits acid at the cross. (laughs) And I said, it's definitely a red herring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I've got nothing on that point at that point. Yeah, I know. The whole time you're just like, no, no. It's just a little weird. They're just trying to make it weird and all that stuff. She's a nice lady. It's fine. Like, you're just falling for it. And then this fucking snake fucking face. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah oh and before you guys think like by acid we mean like the melty acid kind no right after she leaves one of the daughters that owns the house comes home 
touches the crucifix and then goes on the worst acid trip of anyone's life oh yeah man that shit is it's the potent shit that soaks through the skin kind of shit you want on a postage stamp man (laughs) it was Uh, so beautiful and that's the following scene so this scene where they reveal she's a snake lady i'm like i fucking love how dumb this is and how like lack of how little subtlety that they have and then the scene that follows when the the uh one of the sisters touched the crucifix that's where i'm like Oh, it's one of them, huh? Yeah. You want to describe this absolute acid trip? Yeah. I I gotta say a little bit of a content warning going for this description here. So yeah, there's a giant snake. <laughs> yeah, that's the content warning. So this trip starts off with like angelic singing and a depiction of Jesus on the cross being crucified with nuns praying to him and then roman soldiers come out of nowhere assaulting the nuns just suddenly just you have no idea where they came from and then a giant giant white snake just starts coiling itself over jesus (laughs) and the crucifix and you just see jesus go no this snake and you're like what (laughs) i was just at a small like farmhouse Five seconds ago. And she was like one of the nuns, right? <gasps> oh my gosh, she was. That's why the snake lady later on is like, oh, you look so familiar. Or like, I-, I remember you. Looks like things don't change, do they? Like, call it, I guess calling into her, uh, her purity. It wasn't an acid trip. She got her memories back from a past life. Yeah. Dude, that's messed up. Yeah, that's some potent acid, man. Like, that is some real potent acid. There's a trip where it's like, oh shit, I didn't just hallucinate all that. I literally was back there. <laughs> like you think the whole thing's a trip, but then like you know you, you like you move your head from under your pillow, and she's wearing the shawl that she was wearing back then. Okay, this didn't happen, but like that's the kind of trip this was. <laughs> I just love that like the fucking disgusted face of the guy playing Jesus as he's even like being pulled away from the cross. That you could tell he's clearly not nailed to it, or even good at pretending to be nailed to it. And he just has uh-huh. this like, oh, this fucking gross snake. <laughs> it's like Jesus is. Not not having a good time. So obviously this means this is a religious film for all families. Absolutely. Right up there with Prince of Egypt. Oh my gosh, that's a movie that slaps. Anyway. <laughs> Watch it every year at Easter. Lair the White Worm. You'll thank me later. Bring the kids. So I gotta say, I can understand making a villain snake-like for being in a snake cult. That makes sense, you know? You wear some snake print. You make snake puns. Mm-hmm. But you draw the line at a certain point. They don't draw the line in this movie because at a certain point in this movie, our heroes find out that the lady Sylvia Marsh is definitely the one behind some disappearances and that she might be a snake. So you think to yourself, how do you get a snake out into the open? You get a mongoose. Well, mongoose is good. You could lay traps. You could use bait. No, this is the decision we make. We set up giant stereo speakers on the top of this castle-like mansion and play snake charmers music. And before you think to yourself, there's no way this can work. 
What did we find out, Kaz? As we're playing the music uh, in a bid to lure out the lady, this is revealed, by the way, that she is charmed by music, so I don't know that it has to be specifically snake charmer music, but we'll get back to that. They play snake charmer music through these loud fucking speakers, these beautiful red speakers. They actually look very lovely. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> I'd love a set. These loud speakers, and we shoot to a, we, we go to a shot in her little manor, or giant manor, I should say, in her manor, and... We see a basket there that I don't think was there before. It's just this giant basket. And as the music plays, we see a hand raise the top of the basket. And she's doing a little dance. She's slithering. And and, and she's going up with the basket. And then she crawl. How did she get out of the basket? I think it's really tall. They don't even show it. They just cut to they her outside of the basket. They cut back to later, and she's doing interpretive dance while she wiggles that ass under <laughs> her arms. And she's just going. And she's just like, yeah, she's just juking and jiving outside of the house. So much so that she doesn't see Peter Capaldi and the other daughter just kind of like standing out. I think Eve. Uh, Mary. No, Mary. Mary. Uh, standing outside the window. And she just kind of dances right by them. You know. Charmed by the music. They're not even like four feet away from him. Like, if she literally just used peripheral vision, you would see them there. But no, she's so charmed by this, like, Indian snake music that she's just, like, totally, like, feeling the vibe as she, like, dances her way to this other mansion to this beautiful music. They play snake charmer music to charm the snake lady. It's... It's dumb, but I will buy your conceit movie. I will, if this is what you're selling me, I will say thank you. I will just have the one. I do not want another. Yeah, that makes sense. Just what you're selling me, nothing more. But we also are able to charm her with, I would say, culturally appropriate instruments like the harmonica and the bagpipes. <laughs> the bagpipes lay a just hypnotic tune that make you really feel the dance coming through you as the snake woman, you know? Or in this case, it's the snake man. Because just so you know, of course this cultist snake woman would have the ability to make vampire sneak people. That's just what makes sense. That's how the world works. Snake vampires. It worked for From Dusk Till Dawn. You're right. Wait, is this is From Dusk Till Dawn <laughs> like inspired by this movie? I think I think From Dusk Till Dawn took from this movie. Oh shit, we're going to crack this case wide open. But anyway, so yeah, <laughs> unfortunately How deep does it go? Uh, how deep does it go? Does it lead does this lead to the Mayan temples? Actually, I'm going to have a crackpot theory at the end now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to you on that. Because, yeah, so, like, when the Lady Sylvia returns to her home, it's because, we we only find this out because this, like, local cop is told by one of the daughters, Mary, they saw a car in the grove, and that freaked them out. So, this cop, Ernie, goes and checks up on it, gets bit by something. The Lady Sylvia just happens to appear, just like, uh, yeah, this is my home. I actually need help with the lights. Like, let me get you inside. Which... She's just like, it could be a snake or something. Let's deal with the poison. Which we immediately cut to an image of her just sucking on this bear man and this man's bare leg. You know, just getting that poison out. Really. I, I preferred when you said bear man. 
I mean, with sucking on this bear just man. Just sucking on the bear man's leg right there, <laughs> getting that poison deep out. And she doesn't yeah. she doesn't spit it out, by the way. She swallows it because, of course. Yeah, you did, you did point that out. <laughs> I was too busy complaining and losing my mind going, you're not supposed to do that. It's really dangerous. But which we come to realize it was her just faking. There was nothing to swallow. Because she gives vampire disease snake thing. Yeah. And she probably injected her own venom in there. That's exactly what happened. So Ernie, the cop, beloved actor that we love so much for the 10 minutes you see him, becomes a vampire snake man who gets charmed by the Scottish instrument bagpipes. (laughs) You know. That old snake charming bitty. Because it's it's a beautiful (laughs) moment of Peter Capaldi, the future Doctor Who, just leading this man in a circular motion around a metal snake sundial, eventually impaling him through the eye with this said sundial. I just love how he's running away, like, doing the bagpipes, and it's charming him, but sometimes, like, sometimes he's walking at a slow pace like a zombie, and other times he's, like, kind of booking it a little bit. And so I'm like, I don't, it's not consistent. And then later on, I just love it how they're like showing him like running upstairs, like holding the bagpipe still, just trying to like, you know, lure the snakes out. And then eventually he's like, has to catch him. Like, <gasps> like, you know, just all that cardio and bagpipe playing. And, and then he just goes back to I it. I love that moment too, where he like breathes out. It's like, oh, and you just hear the bagpipes go. Yeah. He just sets the bagpipes down while he sits on the stairs. It's just, <laughs> and then, yeah, he's like, whoa, whoa, time out, guys. Gotta catch my breath. Oh, and by the way, we only figure this out in a situation where, like, the Lady Sylvia ends up kidnapping Eve, the eldest daughter of the two, who is also the landlord's girlfriend, who is the second hero of this movie. Played by... Played by a beautiful young Hugh Grant, which, you know, really brings his all. Which, little fun fact about this movie, both Hugh Grant and Peter Capaldi went on to play Doctor Who. Hugh Grant? In a 1999 one-off special, Hugh Grant played the Doctor. Anyway, first off, Eve gets kidnapped by Sylvia. Mary gets summoned by Ernie to go pick up, to go to, like, the station. But they go pick up Sylvia first, and that's when, like, Mary gets the feeling that something's off. So she goes running away through the, like, catacombs of this mansion because... Of course, this mansion has catacombs. And so we get to, like, this locked gate with this giant, like, python that should not be there coiled around the metal door with this, like, vampire snake cop coming at him with two fangs. And then we just hear the glorious sound of the Scottish people come out with this amazing bagpipe melody. And then you just see this cop turn around as you see the snake crawl up to the surface as he starts dancing his way to these majestic pipes. Yeah. It's so beautiful. And then, yeah, eventually he ends out of breath again, and that's when, like, Ernie, poor Ernie, is going for him, and he just shoves him away somehow, is able to shove him away, and his fucking eyeball gets stabbed through. How many times, how many of these podcasts do I say eyeball? Uh, his eyeball just stabbed through with the... With the with the snake, I think dial. we're five for five. I know. I need a. I need. I need uh, the editor put a ding in there every time I say. Every time I say eyeball. <laughs> for every eyeball, Jeff. <laughs> make sure you get that. Uh. <laughs> Shoves him away somehow. Is able to shove him away, and his fucking eyeball gets stabbed. <laughs> and so, oh, oh, Kaz, 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 Kaz. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes, I'm here. Do you want to explain to our lovely listeners? What happened in the mansion after she danced her way out and what Peter Capaldi and Mary discovered? Do you remember? Is this 
Where Mary finds her lost, long lost mother? It is indeed. This is, this is the scene you're describing? <laughs> yes. As she's, as she's going through, because she's looking for her sister Eve. And, and in the scene before, not the scene before this, but in, in a scene before this, they showed that like uh, Eve was like hypnotized and just doing the bidding of the, the snake woman while she's sitting there in a tanning bed, which I'm like, aren't you a snake? <laughs> Who tans? Anyways, whatever. Um, and so she's showing that she's under control. And so like later on, I think it's the same room. It looks like the same room. There's like this lady watching this. I'm just going to call it a pornographic film <laughs> where there's just this nude woman. And I thought it was supposed to be her sister Eve, like at first. Like She's behind. not I was like, oh, shit. nude. She's wearing some garments. The lady in the movie? In the movie They're, movie? It might be scantily clad garments, oh, but they are maybe. garments nonetheless. Anyways. Uh, so, yeah, I think with the original, I thought it was supposed to be her sister. Like, she's like, oh, look, she's on her sister. She's watching some kind of weird, like... I don't know, hypnosis, brainwash thing for snake people. And because I think it wasn't revealed yet, like how she had, how she converted people, if it was just the bite or like they needed to go through a ritual or some shit. But yeah, she goes over there. She finds, or, and like uh, what we glossed over, what I just glossed over really quickly was like both these sisters' parents just went missing, just missing one day. They even go by a trail. It's like, this is where they went missing. Why are we here? <laughs> but down at the old yeah. grove and so she eventually sees who's watching this movie but before we get to that this movie that she was watching this this person who's sitting in this chair <laughs> this lady is like scantily clad if you say so she's got what looks like a giant python just writhing around her skin just all over her in a very sensual manner and before we cut away to reveal who the person is sitting in the chair the snake's snoot is like going, lodging itself in this lady's <laughs> mouth. And I'm not even paying attention to the movie because they cut away. And I was like, that lady was going to throat that snake, dude. <laughs> that lady was definitely going to deep throat a snake. We can all agree on that. That's a lot of work. <laughs> it's, it's so long and it's so thick. With muscle. It's a girthy snake, is what you're saying? It was a girthy <laughs> python, man. Uh, I'm just really glad they cut away, because I'm like, I don't know how much of that movie they filmed to use in the background. <laughs> yeah, God, you gotta I wonder, did they, did they purposely, like, is that something that pre-existed, or did they film a woman basically uh, throating a python? I don't want to know the answer. <laughs> don't, I don't, I don't want to look it up. I'm going to assume they faked it. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to assume the snake was a gooey puppet, though I don't believe that. I don't believe that for one second. It was just really good practical effects, guys. Uh, I hope so. Anyways, so we <laughs> see who's in this chair, and we see the like kind of thousand-yard stare of her mom as she was watching this movie, and she's excited, like, oh, my God, I found my mom. Oh, not just, not just thousand yard stare but also like smiling as she's watching this woman throw a snake yeah she's really into it she Very loves much it. She's, it she's yucking it up <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah the mom all of a sudden she gets the eyes and the fangs and all that stuff and she goes for she goes for a little a little chomp a little chompy chomp she bites bites her daughter i think she does get her right yeah because then peter capaldi sucks the venom out of the daughter we're able to pull <laughs> You're not supposed to do that. <laughs> you just have a lot of bacteria in your mouth. 
<laughs> You're just making it worse. Yeah, it's going to get infected. All right, so. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, then later she's able to push her mom away, and then I think she, like, booked, like she's able to get away. And then um, we cut to Hugh Grant, who is... He's in his place, but the, the music went out, right? He's in his manner? Yeah, but before that, before we get to Hugh Grant, oh, can okay. we talk about his butler, Peters? What is with that guy? What is with that guy? So, guys, before the before the music starts playing and the operation is set off to lure the Lady Sylvia out, mm. Peters is the main butler to John Dampton, the landlord of this uh, town as well as the leader of this group who uh, is famous for being the ancestor of John Dampton who destroyed the Dampton Worm, which is like uh, this local land legend. So Peters is talking about like, because they're trying to find the perfect song is the first song they play is just like, oh yes, this reminds me of a certain belly dancer your father liked to frequent on his hunts. And like just is already sweating while he's talking about it. And like shaking with like excitement like, at the like memory. He's saying like he's got nostalgia for this memory of his death. It makes me think like was Peters, was Peters the uh, before, like was Peters the guy before the invention of the camera where like you didn't like you didn't cuck a guy by making him film it, but he was just in the corner watching the entire time. I don't think he was. I think he was just a voyeur, man. He loves it. I think that's the case, just... which which only makes it worse because um, John is really cares about his uh, servants actually, or his his staff as we should call them, and tells him out of the protection of them to make sure to lock up the maids so no one can get to their rooms, and Peter's just like shudders with anticipation, where it's just like lock the doors or open the door lock up the maids lock up the maids will do sir and you're like oh god no please someone kill peters please someone kill peters like i need someone to kill this man <laughs> and that's when the light shuts off and we hear the scream that makes us think oh thank yeah. god there is someone watching out for yeah. us Ooh, oh. oh they got to peters that means they're here. <laughs> Did he lock up the maids? Did he lock up the point, maids? At this point, you don't care about the, the heroes anymore. You're just really happy somebody just took out this monster of a man. You know, in the whole movie, did we ever see the maids? No, I don't think we did. We don't even know what happened to them. I mean, we didn't hear them scream, so I'm assuming they didn't, they didn't get to them. But you never see them before this moment or after this moment. Oh, my God. Did the maids ever exist at all? Were there ever maids? I think I think this is code. He just told Peters that, so so he could feel like he has he's having a, like a naughty little uh, adventure. <laughs> Listen, I know it's weird, but look, he's he served my family very loyally. It makes him happy. Just pretend there's maids. Wait, is this all the insane ramblings of someone's mind? As that like I'm having this thought, the theme from Kill Bill is playing in my head now. <laughs> so. After the lights go out in this situation, we find out Peters is dead. Like, just really thank you to anybody for killing Peters. That was a service to all of mankind. Real bright spot in this movie. But you you think it's the Lady Sylvia, 
But it's actually Mary's mom, who apparently was able to run out of the house after almost killing her daughter, make it to the mansion without anybody noticing, and lunges at this young John Dampton, who grabs the most goofy-looking ceremonial horse-riding sword and swings at the woman. And you think to yourself, oh my gosh, like we're going to... It looks like a giant claymore it, it or something. It does, and like we see that... She, he's going for a swing. And you think like this is going to be that goofy. I'm going to chop your head off scene. No, they go all out. We see this woman just get yeah. cut fully in half. But also, we don't have the cool scene where it's like he, our hero turns around, heroically slashes through the snake woman, and then he just looks there and poses like a badass. <laughs> we slow motion see him in the background, still like unable to control the sword as he swung way too hard, and he's just like. Falling over like a drum set or some urns or something. Yeah, out of nowhere, just starts falling over a full drum kit, just like cymbals crashing everywhere. And he, we get to see him in slow mo too. It's so good. And he jumps up, just like like ready to go. Like sees the body, calls Peter Capaldi's character, explains the situation. Only for him to like then realize that the top half of the mother is still crawling towards him, grabs his leg, and he's just like, "Ha!" Huh! And then we cut away. <laughs> um, so how is she? How is she able to like not? How is she able to resist the 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 song enough to like go and turn out the power? Shouldn't she have been entranced by the music as well? I think you just discovered one of the first major plot holes of this movie. Oh, I I really broke it open. This movie sucks now. You really broke it up in here. <laughs> you finally found it, the one that unravels it. It was real good until then. <laughs> I mean, I also want to know, how, like, what is the limit here? What music works? What doesn't? Why would a harmonica work? When would she ever have heard a harmonica? <laughs> it just has to be music in general. All music just makes her, like... So they could have played anything yeah it could be vivaldi it could be weird al yankovic it doesn't matter because honestly throughout this entire movie i would movie, love I to couldn't... see weird al yankovic playing and they're just like <laughs> fucking just juking and jiving over to like uh amish paradise well i only say that because like at first you think this movie takes place like between the 60s and 70s then out of nowhere you just see a computer in john hampton's like mansion and you're just like this is definitely like the eighties. This is the like this is supposed to be a current events movie in terms of like timeline, you know? So it's just like, yeah, you could totally snake charm this woman to some weird Al Yankovic. As we saw through the weird snake porno, she has a TV. So like <laughs> if she watches something and a fun jingle comes See, on, like, does the Oscar Meyer Winger song just make her stand up and start just, just writhing around? <laughs> No, dude, every every single time that, like, just any sort of, like, TV theme comes on, just, like, for those 30 seconds, she just has to dance to it. It's MacGyver. She's into it. Equalizer, into it. It's intro the to MASH. Song. Yes, I was just about to say the intro to MASH. She's just, just there, doing just... that, like, the sexy snake dance as you see Holding this, like... Holding onto the TV and then just, like, really throwing down. Just as clapping triage, them cheeks behind her. The triage patient being rushed to, like, the field hospital is like, yes, thrust, woman, thrust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know where the limit is. <laughs> Wait, you know what we haven't talked about about this woman either? Hmm. Kevin. Oh, Kevin. Oh, Kevin. Kevin. We also didn't talk about stunt legs, but we'll get there. We'll get to stunt legs in a minute. <laughs> By the way, this woman basically kidnaps a Boy Scout. <laughs> right. Right. Like, like he had to be a Boy this Scout. Kid supposed to be. He like couldn't have been like more than sixteen. He was right? playing like board games with him. I was like, "Gee, gosh, ma'am, I sure knew need to get to the shelter with the other kids." Like, oh, by the way, like this movie is called Layer of the White Worm. They're playing shoots and ladders, except it's snakes and ladders. And there's a giant white snake on the board. I'm surprised they didn't play any songs from White Snake. Oh, dude, this movie would have been so right? sick if the whole soundtrack was done by White Snake. <laughs> Would it have? It's a whole hair rock movie. Yeah. So let's talk about Kevin, why don't we? So first off, we see uh Kevin is walking in the rain and is trying to like uh hitchhike a ride and like Hugh Grant's character drives off without stopping. And so he starts making his way towards town walking, stops turns around out of nowhere sylvia's car is parked right behind him right next to him as if she had somehow crept up in a vehicle in the rain slithery sneaky snake lady man (laughs) and when this kid asks you like what are you doing lady it's just like i'm doesn't isn't it obvious i'm snake watching what (laughs) Oh, what? I guess I won't see anything in the rain. You know, snake watching. A normal thing people say they do. And so, of course, she invites him into the car to drive him to the local youth hostel because he has to get to the dinner at the youth hostel. For youths. <laughs> For youths. <laughs> and this kid's wearing, like, a Dudley Do-Right hat and, like, a Boy Scout uniform under a jacket. Yeah. So it immediately then cuts to back at her mansion with them playing snakes and ladders, him in a bathrobe, her in a see-through uh, fake robe wearing just a bra and panties. And it's like, whoa, what is going on? And and the f- highest pair of fuck-me <laughs> boots I've ever seen. I was like, is she wearing, like, stockings? And then they show her standing up, and these fucking vinyl boots... With a high-ass heel on them, like at least like a three-inch heel, probably higher. <laughs> These things go all the way up to her fucking thighs. These boots scream, lick me. Yeah. These boots also say, step on Kevin's head, which she will. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. And so he's like, I'm hungry. It's like, don't worry. Dinner will be along soon. And you're like, but first, you need a bath because you smell. Mm. Well, actually, should we talk about the mouth organ? Uh, we've kind of already mentioned it. It was a little, a little weird. Eh, we've already mentioned yeah. it. Kevin was the one that played the harmonica, and that's your first glimpse of her, like, dancing toward yeah. him to this like, all beautiful of a she just... music, you know? And then chiding him for playing harmonica, which everyone, unless you're, like, a amazing blues musician, don't play harmonica. What are you doing? I'm not going to gatekeep harmonicas, <laughs> but I'm definitely going to say that is that is the genre of music where it shines the best, I think. You're right. We shouldn't gatekeep the ways to harmonicas. I'm so sorry. Everyone unite Listen, under if harmonica. You ever, if you ever need a charm of snake person in your life and you're good, happen to be good at or decent at the harmonica, I'm not going to, you know, <laughs> I don't want to be the guy that is like, nah, bruh. Come on. Werewolf, <laughs> silver, uh, vampire, garlic, 
Frankenstein, fire, snake vampire, harmonica. It makes sense. Those are the holy weapons to take anyone down in Castlevania 17. Makes sense. I wonder if, because <laughs> uh, I think I made this joke when we were watching him do the bagpipes. I'm like, oh, like the worst instrument ever. And so I'm like, I'm wondering, would a Vuvuzela work? If you're just in front of her, just blast <laughs> I think you have to at least play a tune. I don't think you can play a tune on a Vuvuzela. <laughs> Show me the okay. most amazing Vuvuzela that can just snake charm with it. But what about one of those like Australian like rain sticks? <laughs> yes, that is possible. Oh no, no, not not those. Those are the ones that just make that weird rain sound. I know what those you're talking about. Yeah, because you can actually play like a type of like song with that enough to probably snake charm. Could you? I could you use the triangle? No, because it's all one tone. Oh, yeah. It seems like it has to be. Air instruments. Wind chimes, though? Yes, you can do it with the wind chimes. I think it has to be an air instrument because they use the harmonica, they use the bagpipes, and the snake charmer shit uh, stuff had, like, whatever that uh, that instrument is. I don't actually know what it is. I guess you're right. It had to So, like... I think the snake charmer music uses oboe. You could use one of those giant fucking tubas and just play the... And she'll just follow you like an asshole. Kenny G is perfect. Oh my god, Kenny G is the perfect snake charmer. The sexy sax man from Lost Boys. He sound is cold. Oh my god, we have come full circle. Sexy sax man could have been the hero of this movie. <laughs> oh damn. Yeah, shit. That may All right. Oh dude, layer of the white worm too. We got to get this guy out of retirement. <laughs> Do we have enough body oil for him? No, oh, dude. <laughs> We're we're in a we're during an epidemic, man. The shortages. <laughs> there's not enough body oil to go around. No, dude. Layer of the White Worm Two. Sexy sex men from Lost Boys. But we shoot it with him only in like carnival concert settings on the beach, while we shoot everything else in <laughs> England, and we just cut the movie together. Everyone in that scene was so into like that guy making love to that saxophone. You couldn't tell who the lady. The, the the snake lady was because everyone was digging it. <laughs> everyone was the snake lady with that man. <laughs> oh shit! Where where were we, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we we then find this adult woman with a maybe sixteen to seventeen year old in her bathtub. She's still wearing that lingerie. Still wearing that lingerie. He's completely naked, or is implied to be completely naked. Obviously, probably not. So she starts, like, washing him and just, like, your girlfriend would never do this for you. Uh, weird question to ask adult lady who's about to assault a child. <laughs> and then just, like, it's just, like, here, let me let me get your lower end. Bends down, looks back up at him. Oh, she tells him to stand. Oh, yeah, stand up. And then, like, hisses into the camera with, like, snake eyes and the fangs bites him and then he immediately just goes paralysis in the tub just like sitting there making like a vacant expression as she starts monologuing a beautiful monologue and carrying the giant skull towards the bath as she's doing it and how does she start off this monologue wow kevin you really stink rude i mean you're gonna kill him (laughs) You don't have to be a dick about it. You didn't have to make fun of his body order. Yeah, just had to make fun of his B.O. He's trying. He's in the bath. 
<laughs> Sometimes things are just different, okay? It's hard with puberty. Be sitting in bathwater with a snake bite. <laughs> so we see this woman in this like sheer bathrobe lingerie holding up this snake sc- giant snake skull fossil like monologuing very sexily walking towards the camera while monologuing about her god and the future and how uh they will rise above and how he his sacrifice will lead about to a peaceful or like a peaceful future or whatever when the doorbell rings and she just goes ah shit yeah <laughs> Very ethical, like, ah, shit. She puts the skull down, like, right next to him. Just fuck me for not turning off my lights. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. She's like, I should have turned off the lights, right? And then she's like, it's well. It's like, this is villain 101. Turn off your lights. Gotta deal with you right now like this, I guess, Kevin. Which, I guess it's lucky for you, eh? And she just steps on his head with her long stilettos and her big, you know, lick me boots. We'll call them that. And, yeah, just kind of pushes his head under the water and goes to answer the door. Which is... Which... It's it's Hugh Grant's character. Now, a really funny thing, though, that I want to pose to you, Kaz, is that I found out the original pick for Lady Sylvia was none other than Tilda Swinton. I was hoping you were say Helen Mirren again. No. Uh- <laughs> Imagine if Tilda Swinton had starred in this movie. Um, I could see it, but I also see her being above it. Like, if she were in it, I'd be like, oh, wow, why? But, like, <laughs> you know, I could see her being a weird snake person. I, I guess. I, I guess. But I just don't understand a lot of the choices of this movie. And another one of them is that scene that you were just about to bring up with Hugh Grant talking to her. Because we see, like, Hugh Grant talking to Lady Sylvia about, like, what's going on. And uh, they're talking about... Even Mary's missing parents, where like, it, what does she say? Uh, one is uh missing or losing one parent is tragic. Missing two is just a sign of carelessness. And chuckles into her brandy, and you just see Hugh Grant go from turned on landlord to immediately just like, well, that wasn't funny. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I have, a, I have a bit of a dark sense of humor. <laughs> I believe it was Oscar Wilde that said it was just like, don't oh, bring up Oscar right. Wilde into this, you stone cold woman. Yeah, that's right. She did bring up Oscar Wilde. <laughs> yeah, apparently an Oscar Wilde clip is why you should make fun of someone's missing parents. Uh, yeah. She's not wrong there. And then, yeah, he noticed, or she, or was he, he was talking about, like, uh, oh, yeah, like, uh, er- Ernie was here. Oh, poor Ernie. Uh, he was there. And, uh, you know, he said something about a snake bite. She was like, oh, yeah, I had to help and this and that. Dreadfully scared of snakes, though. I can't help you with your search. Uh, not if there's going to be snakes there. Terribly scared of them. He's like, what's this on the ground? He's like, oh, yeah, I, I, play, uh, I play that game by myself. But it has a bunch of snakes on it. Oh, yeah, well, yes, I, I might be terribly afraid of snakes, but I'm also terribly fascinated by Did them. Did she call herself, like, schizophrenic? Yes, she is schizophrenic she said, in like, that oh, way. oh, I'm schizophrenic in that way. <laughs> I hate them so much, but I can't help myself. I'm like, that's not how that works. <laughs> and Hugh Grant, being the idiot he is in this movie, just goes, that totally checks out. I am sorry for making fun of you. Let me console you while you weep into my shoulder. Which I totally thought was when she was going to get Like, she she totally fake weeps and then stretches out her arm in that, like, weight motion 
in that way that you do when like that character comes up and then like grabs her arm and pulls her into an embrace and Hugh Grant just falls for it hook line and sinker which then leads to the greatest dream sequence in any movie I have ever seen just beautiful because we get Hugh Grant going to bed in his giant four poster bed and he looks to the wall uh, opposite of him and it's a scene of his ancestor destroying the Dampton worm. Very poor painting, by very, the way. Like, very terrible painting. Like, something you'd see, like, a middle schooler turn in for an art show <laughs> that we would all be very proud of for that middle schooler. But as an adult who painted this, hmm. <laughs> I shouldn't be mean, though. I can't paint it, worse shit. I, I'm a terrible so artist. so far back. You you motherfuckers couldn't, since Ro- Ro- like Roman centurion times is how old this legend is, y'all couldn't find a uh, fucking, uh, like, Victorian painter or someone who, like, a Renaissance painter? So we see him look at this painting. We see the fight happening. Like, we see the depiction of the fight. Cuts back to him. Cuts back to the painting. There is no depiction of the fight, just grassy landscape and a cave. And then him in the painting walking into the cave into a private jet he owns. Oh, yeah. Oh, before beautiful. we before we talk about this, I want to talk about the beginning of Stunt Thighs, though. When, <laughs> when, when Lady Sylvia, I think you said her name was? Yes, Lady uh, Sylvia. She, she's picking up Kevin. She, he's in the car with her, and you know, if you see her, she's there. She's dressed up like she normally is—a fucking weirdo with the state glasses, of course, or shades. Yeah, duh. Except these are different colors. But hey, um, hey, 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 we... hey, those are banging fucking shades. They are pretty cool. I would own some if I could. Um, and we occasionally get a couple shots of like just Kevin looking down, and Kevin's looking down while she's wearing this like big old trench coat, and you mm-hmm. see like what he's looking down at is he sees her thigh with some stockings or whatever. And you're like you're looking at over, and you're just like, oh, oh my, he's doing this. And I don't know what possessed you for whatever reason. You're like, I don't think that's that. I don't think that's the same lady's thigh. And I was like, you think they wrote a stunt thigh, dude? You're like, I think it's a stunt thigh. I then, thought she had the decency to save some sort of image for herself. Then we for cut being to her in full ass lingerie. I'm like, I don't think you're. Oh, I think you were like, I don't think it was a stunt thigh. <laughs> <laughs> and that just became the joke every time we saw just like just just a thigh shot. So we get to this awesome, amazing sequence where Hugh Grant is on a private uh, jet plane, and in two of the chairs is the missing parents of the sisters in a coma, sitting there, and they look all sedated. Yeah, just being liquid-fed food. They don't look right. And then on one side of the plane, we see as a sexy stewardess showing some like you know. Pretty uh, wearing some really risque, sexy like Halloween store stewardess outfit is yeah. Um, so we have Eve. Well, no, it's all three of them. No, Mary. There's all three of them. There's a uh, we see serving him a drink is Lady Sylvia in a uh, flight attendant's uh, garb, and then seeing give the a safety instructions is Mary in flight attendant's garb, and while you see like Sylvia try to seduce. Uh, Hugh Grant's character uh, Eve in flight attendant's car goes into a full on wrestling match with her yeah while John or while Hugh Grant's character is just like tied up to a chair yeah he's just watching this whole thing which alright this 
I've had worse on flight entertainment, I guess. And just in case you're wondering, does his facial expression gives away what he's thinking? Don't worry. <laughs> they thought of a way around that. You see, you see these two women wrestling on the floor, and it goes to him with a pen near his crotchal region, oh, and it yeah, just I'll points eat. up a little bit. And then you see these two women with their legs wrapped around each other, and that pen goes full-on erect, baby. He's just holding this red pen and he's just like slowly angling it upwards and upwards and like all right well the pen is at full mast <laughs> so i i would be remiss about to, after that like talking about how you then see the fight breaks up and from one end of the plane you see one thigh and then from the other end of the plane you see another thigh and they're like Basically, like, beckoning him with their thighs. With their stun thighs. Until he sees the image of the crucifix and realizes that Eve is the thigh of Jesus and goes to the righteous side. Because, like, I think... I don't remember what the what the snake lady was wearing, but there was something uh, that you could pin to her, and then Eve was wearing the, the like, the little cross ring, right? A little Jesus yeah. on the cross ring? Yeah. And then, yeah, she picks the thigh of Christ. Pick the thigh of Christ. That's what Hugh Grant's dream was telling him. So he exits the plane into a shining light and then wakes up from his dream. And then yells at his butler for waking him up from his dream. Yeah. Also, can we talk about the end of this movie? I think that's where we need to go next. Peter Capaldi saves Mary from her mother's snake bite and then sends the venom to a special lab to get an anti-serum made. That's why he goes confidently in with his bagpipes. And so after he kills Ernie, he goes into the house, continuing to play the bagpipes, sees a billowing like curtain that is very ominous. Yes. And then out of his kilt, just to be sure, out of his kilt, pulls out a fully alive mongoose. That I think is sedated because he injects it with something. Yeah, just has a mongoose. You don't know where. Has a sleeping mongoose in his kilt, as you do. I guess he just strapped it to. Is that a mongoose in your kilt? Are you happy to see? (laughs) Did he strap a mongoose to his thigh? Yeah, let's say that. That's way (laughs) less uh, uh, awful than what I was going to say. Yeah, let's say that's... The mongoose easily gets killed, and then we see, like, Lady Sylvia come out in full-on blue snake makeup, full body, just, like, hissing, and just attacks Peter Capaldi and bites him, and then drags him down into the lair of the white worm. Oh, my God, that's where the the, the, the title came from. what do we come across? We see uh, Mary chained to a wall... Eve in her underwear being hung or like tied up to like a giant pit. Over a giant pit, yeah. Lady Sylvia in all blue with a giant like bone sharp dildo thing. Which doesn't look like it'll be any fun. I did call that, by the way, because that was a part of the scene where she was like, um, where she was on the tanning bed and she has one of these bone thingies. And yeah, they suggest that she's probing her. On, on spots and i'm like that's gonna hurt <laughs> that's not a friendly thing oh and you wonder why you wonder why mary was chosen or uh eve was chosen one it's because she's a virgin two it's also because she's the reincarnation of the nun from the the dream sequence and because you know of course so 
how how do we beat this giant white snake that could potentially wrap itself around a hill? We flush him out with gas. We flush him out with gas. <laughs> Our glorious hero Hugh Grant with a with a brigade of men go in with gas tubes and just like, all right, men, just deep into that cave and we'll gas I'll him out. This like tiny hole that no one can fit through. Because I got a hunch. Which the white worm then starts screaming and like going up the well to try to eat the victim. When we see uh, Sylvia just go like... Wearing the dildo. No time for ceremony, just time for the ritual. And just like immediately is just trying to sacrifice this woman. In which we then see Peter Capaldi, who used the anti-serum he had gotten from the lab to neutralize the snake venom and attack the woman pushing her off which she then grabs onto eve and then peter capaldi grabs a knife out and slowly cuts off <laughs> lady sylvia's he, hand as he's as he's cutting off her hand she lets go but not from the hand that he's cutting off no the other hand lets go the one getting cut off apparently has a vice grip yeah that shit will not move and so he has to cut it off until eventually yeah that that's when she drops I do want to go back, just rewind a little bit, because I, one, genuinely did like that 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 scene where she decides, oh, crap, yeah, there's no time for this, because, yeah, she was going to wear that dildo and do some horrible things that I don't really want to think about. But, like, the fact that she's doing all this, like, all, uh, you know, this, this whole thing, because it's a part of the religion or culture, whatever the fuck, for her weird satanic uh, snake, and then, yeah, when shit starts going down, she sees the snake, like, panicking the fuck out in that hole, and she's like... Okay, yeah, there's no time. We can't do the ritual. We just need to finish the ceremony. And that's when she starts trying to cut her down. I'm like, I genuinely like that in a villain who's just like, no, yeah, I need to get shit done. It doesn't have to do be done right. <laughs> well, we're going to get back to that in a second. But first, after that, uh, so she falls into the mouth of the snake. She, uh, Peter Capaldi saves Eve and Mary, then pulls a grenade after under his utility kilt, because that's what it is at this point. And throws it into the mouth of the white worm, exploding it. Listen, hold on. He's the doctor. He's the doctor. That kilt is clearly bigger on the inside. The kilt is bigger on the inside. Yes! We all know it. That's my best joke of the night. (laughs) So Eve and Mary go to the hospital. Hugh Grant meets Peter Capaldi back at the home. uh, Where they're just like, let's go see the girls, but get a bite to eat first. But he has to answer the phone first. And it's the lab that he got the anti-serum from. It's just like, oh, is this you? Oh, I'm so sorry. I messed up. Yeah, I didn't give you anti-venom. I gave you a serum for arthritis. Sorry, but don't worry. It's not like you're going to get any snake bites at this time of the year. And he just has like a very shocked uh, uh, um, reaction. Like a very just kind of stoic, like, oh, no. Oh, it did nothing. But then like gets in the car with Hugh Grant and it's just like, Hugh Grant's just like, can we stop uh, at the pub for a bite to eat? And he's just like, yeah, that sounds great. And then he like pulls back the like gear shift, revealing uh, the upper thigh of Peter Capaldi through his kilt. And he sees the snake bite and the film ends with him smiling at Hugh Grant. And it's very ominous. Ooh, until I read that Ken Russell said, the director of this movie, every movie I make is a comedy. You have to realize this was never serious or a horror movie. 
Oh bullshit! This is like <laughs> this is like Tommy Wiseau after the fact. Be like, no, the room. It's a comedy. It's supposed to be a dark comedy. No, no, it's no. Funny. No, Ken Russell said it's a comedy, so of course he didn't actually get afflicted by the venom. That was just a joke he was doing to Hugh Grant's character. Wait, what? It's not a, a character making a joke doesn't make it a comedy. It's a comedy. Is his bro. movie a comedy, or does he just have comedians in his movie? There's no, it's a, a whole comedy. No, he, wait. He encouraged that, that... audiences to laugh at this movie. Oh, this is so up his own ass. This is so just like out of his own <laughs> ass. Just like no, but, no, it's it's meant to be trash. Can we talk about Lady Sylvia for a second before we start wrapping up? Because I wanna, I wanna pose to you this. Is Lady Sylvia one of the most more one of the more competent villains in film we've seen? Because like the cop comes to her home, she immediately dispatches him, puts him under control, then kidnaps uh is able to go sneal the steal the snake skull like real quick, like immediately picking up on clues. Then after she kidnaps Kevin, makes the quick decision Oh, I'm going to just kill this guy so I can't be found out, which most villains don't do in movies. And then successfully kidnaps Eve by falling out of a tree and snake charming her. And no one can find her for a little bit. No one can discover where she is. Is able to steal the record after while uh, Hugh Grant is killing, you know, the daughter's mom. And then, like, at the end, does that... Or, oh, then we also see when she attacks Peter Capaldi's character, she's wearing earplugs, thus learning from her mistakes. Oh, that's why, yeah. That's and why. then before she dies, uh, is even smart enough to be like, oh, my God, I don't have enough time. I'm just going to kill this woman. She has shown that even though she fails in this movie to the worst people, she was actually pretty I, competent. Taking her weaknesses out, because though, though she can't help, that's... You have to give her weaknesses, otherwise, you know. But uh, I would like to agree with you. But the fact that she just goes so overboard with, like, giving overt tells to her clothes that make you think, this is a snake lady that I pointed out to her just <laughs> dropping those, like, cartoonish mustache twirling, like, oh, I had to grab a bite to eat kind of thing, or her terrible lying about being afraid of snakes... It's it's one of those mustache twirling like she wants to get caught kind of things. That's the only thing that makes me disagree with you. But other than that, I'm fully on board <laughs> with all of the other things you mentioned. So I guess that comes. It all just comes down to the final question here. I do what one more thing. What do you got? Want to go go on my unhinged connection of like so by the end of <gasps> oh, it. Oh, you do have Peter, a theory for us. Peter Capaldi is still a snake. Is a snake man. So that's the whole thing, which also means the antidote that he gave to Eve. Yeah, it doesn't work. That means that didn't work. Yeah. That means she's also a snake person. Yeah. These are people found out in their time. Their snake god is dead. Yeah. Or he got gassed out and then blown the fuck up. That means they could have very well gone to somewhere else where they could have had snake deities which could have led them over to where, like, the Aztecs, Mayas, Mayans areas shit. And that's how this leads into From Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> Ponifica was the daughter of Peter Capaldi and Eve. <laughs> or 
Panifico, I think was her name. Uh, okay. Pandemonium? Wait. Okay, okay. Tell me how Peter Capaldi and the woman who played Eve make a woman that <laughs> looks like Selma. <laughs> I mean, there's generations that go through it. Okay, yeah. They don't have that many no, generations, actually, because movie... if, if this is in the 80s. No. <laughs> I didn't say they together make the... Oh, yeah, yes, I did say that, did. didn't I? But either way, <laughs> listen. They just go. Listen. It's reincarnations of different uh, different uh, gods from different cultures, man. Like, it doesn't have to make sense. It's fine. But, like, yeah. I could totally see this being a prequel from Dust You're just Dawn, not going to let this idea die when you know you're wrong. <laughs> I told you from the onset it was a crackpot theory. <laughs> I told you it was unhinged. Oh, and this is why I asked you to do this with me. Anyway, let's go to the final question here, Kaz. So did you like it? I did. I did like it. It was so stupid. I'm going to have to say here, I did too. It's not a good movie. It's a terrible movie. But movies like this are the reason we get movies like Sharknado. Sometimes we just have to let bad movies happen for a great fucking time. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Any last minute plugs before we head out? Uh, just the usual. I did you. I'm here with Sir Square, and you can catch him on Twitch.tv forward slash Sir Square. And uh, we watch these on our Discord at Second Response Discord. You can catch us recording these live on twitch.tv forward slash second respawn on Fridays and then a week later they come out where? They come out on Spotify, they come out on Red Circle, they come out on Amazon Music. We will hopefully get on Apple Podcasts soon. I just have to verify some stuff real quick. And also guys, tune into Second Respawn. These dudes are doing some crazy stuff. We're watching them play Cuphead with Switch controllers where one person's using the other controller at the same time. It's weird as it's shit. Go ahead. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, you're insane. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, guys, this was so did you like it. I hope you guys have a good time. And really, just don't be a hero like Hugh Grant. He was an idiot in this movie. Be a better hero than Hugh Grant. Please do better. Play the bagpipes like Peter Capaldi. Yeah, and when given the choice, <laughs> always pick the stunt thighs of Christ. Christ.